you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode number 10. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast today. I have something very special in store for you. I'm going to teach you guys today my three-step recipe for having a productive conversation with your kids and, frankly, with anyone. I use this in my life all the time. My kids are using it with their friends. My husband uses it with with his employees, and um, the place we're going to start is with our kids. So, This is an approach that is really kind of the crux of everything that I teach. Um, This three-step recipe for having a productive conversation is really about how to master empathy. And I know you guys all know what empathy is, but as many of you have kind of expressed to me in private, you're like, yeah, I know what it is, but what does it look like again? Can you give me an example? And so I've kind of found a way to break it down into this tangible approach so that you can truly master empathy and the perfect place to start infusing it in your life is with your kids. So let's say that you pick your kid up from school, right? And, um, and what do you naturally say when you pick your kids up from school? You say, how was your day? And of course, what does your kid say? Fine. And then you simply ask, like, well, how was your history test? And then you get this, like, snarky response from your child, like, I don't know. How should I know? We just took it today. It's not like she's graded and given it back in one day. So that happens. And so then how do we typically respond? We usually respond by it starts going down this, like, rabbit hole of negativity of, like, I just asked you a simple question. Why do you have to speak to me like that? I don't like your tone. You know, I'm your mother. I don't deserve to be spoken to like that. That is absolutely unacceptable. You know, until you can start treating me with the respect that I treat you, and we go into this whole long lecture series, right? And really that conversation, what happens when we go into that lecture mode, it really becomes all about us in those moments. And it's not helpful. 
And what we want to do is we want to focus on what we do want to happen. And the reason that we asked our kids about their day in the first place is that we want to connect with them. We want to be a part of their life. We want to be able to talk to them about stuff. We don't want them shutting down and shutting us out. But when we respond in this lecturing way, what happens is, is we, they do shut down. And in the eye rolls and the attitude and just us feeling like we're on opposing teams, like that's the result because we start focusing on all the things that they should be doing and what we focus on grows. And so then they just start feeling even like they're more, they're screwing up even worse. And, um, and it, and it accidentally exacerbates like the already crummy mood that your kid was in in the first place. And it quickly becomes a really unproductive exchange between the two of you. So I think most of us can relate to this being the pattern from our own childhoods. And this is what I mean by like repeating patterns that we never intended. Like now that we're the parents, when we're not in those triggered states and in that place of we've just picked our kid up and now we're getting all this attitude and we just asked a simple question, we go to that place of repeating the things that we swore we weren't going to do, but... It just kind of, it's like our autopilot brain takes over. So what I want to do is I want to teach you guys a process for changing that so that you can you can retrain your brain in those moments to not repeat those patterns. But it takes a second to kind of learn it. It's not going to come naturally to you. I think my recipe for breaking it down, it really does simplify it. But I want you guys to know that you may be listening to this podcast a few times, and if you, um, I'm going to include in the show notes a cheat sheet that breaks this down. So I just want you to just kind of take a deep breath, take in what I'm about to teach you. Know that it will probably not be the only time that you listen to this, and I'm going to follow it up and give you guys some notes to reinforce it. So. What's the point of why we go into the lectures? We go into the lectures because, you know, we're good parents. And we it's our we feel like it's our job to teach our kids important life lessons, right? So we try to connect with them and then they respond to us in this snarky, jerky way and with a disrespectful tone. And so we launch into how they should be behaving. But we're kind of just missing the boat in that moment because... The way we learn as humans is we have to be in our thinking brain to learn. So when you're feeling like when you're in a bad mood, when you're feeling like emotional and not great about yourself, are you in a place where you yourself self-reflect and learn and grow and evolve? Like, no, that's not. That's not when we learn, grow, and evolve. We learn, grow, and evolve when we're in our thinking brain. So what empathy does is it helps our kids get into the most brilliant part of their brain where they can actually learn, grow, and evolve. And empathy fosters that feeling of being connected to other people and not feeling like you're on an island all by yourself, all alone. So um, so that's kind of the point of it. it all, do you see how like it all ties together when we infuse empathy into the relationships, even when our kids are behaving in creepy ways towards us? And we choose 
to master this process and do the whole difficult, y'all are going to hate me for saying this, but the whole emotional adulting thing where we don't make their behavior about us, like we don't accidentally make it mean something different than it does. That's how we accomplish this. This is how we ultimately get to the place where we get to teach them the life lessons, where we get to instill all of these amazing values and teach them right from wrong behavior and how to grow and learn from their mistakes. But it's a process to getting there. So when you attack your child back because you make it all about how disrespectful and crummy their behavior's been, well, guess what they start to feel? They start to feel ashamed. And that shame quickly transfers into anger. And that's where we get like the eye rolling and the attitude because it feels crummy to feel ashamed. And when we go into that angry place and we, and then they start using us as their pinching bag, well, it actually releases some of those negative feelings of shame and it kind of becomes this, you get a little bit of an adrenaline rush when you take out your negative emotions on the other person. It's the reason we yell, um, why parents go to a yelling place. It's because even though you don't want to be that person that yells, when you're feeling triggered and you're having all these negative sensations, the yelling actually is a coping skill and it, and it, it helps to give you that, that, little touch of an adrenaline rush where it lowers your stress hormones. And that's the same reason that our kids go to that angry place. And my point is, is that it just becomes this vicious cycle and it's anything but a productive, you know, outcome at the end. And so we lose sight of what we were trying to do in the first place, which is just be good parents and teach our kids right from wrong. So we want things to be slightly different maybe than they were when we grew up. And we we want to have our homes where we really feel like we're our kids' soft place to land. We really feel like everybody's allowed to be human and everybody's allowed to make mistakes and everybody's allowed to be themselves and honored honored for being themselves. And so the lectures, they they absolutely sabotage this. But you know, the reason for the lectures and punishments and all that kind of stuff is because it's so ingrained in our society, we don't even think to question or challenge it. It's like just such a part of our culture that that we just, we don't know what else to do, right? Like, it's like when I teach the timeout alternative, people are like, okay, I don't spank my kids. I put them in timeout. But when they have crummy behavior and I'm trying to teach them that they can't get away with that, like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, let me... Let me teach you, as I've talked about in the podcast, let me teach you what to do. We have better tools and better measures, and that's what the productive conversation is going to do for you guys. I have a three-step process for having a productive conversation by mastering empathy, and what we're doing is we're pouring a new foundation, and we're going to stop repeating the patterns of the past, and we're building a new home where we can talk about anything and everything, right? And and what I want to say is, is that, you know, in this new home, people are allowed to make mistakes and we are going to learn to actually, we're going to, we're going to learn how to learn from those mistakes. So 
author, thought leader, speaker, Daniel Pink. For those of you who don't know Daniel Pink, I highly encourage you to watch one of his TED Talks. He's brilliant. He says that empathy is about standing in someone else's shoes, feeling with his or her heart, and seeing with his or her eyes. So in step one, it's I'm, we're calling step one, see their perspective. Okay, you're going to consider your child's perspective and you're going to start the conversation from that place. So when you see their perspective, okay, let's consider the mom at pickup. In a perfect world, let's say she'd been practicing what I'm about to teach you. And she, she had mastered like this whole emotional adult thing, which is, oh, my kid's in a crummy mood. I'm not going to take it personally. It's not about me. I'm going to automatically remember what it was like to be in middle school, to be a kid. You know, if you have one of those strong-willed children, remember they have a sensitive nervous system and the world is very stimulating. So they just went through their entire day. They're probably taxed. They need some downtime. They need some quiet time. They get into the car and there's just like questions that they need to answer. It's one more thing on their plate, on their already maxed out system. And so they are not in a great mood to start with. They're exhausted. And what happens when they perceive our questions as yet another thing, another added pressure to their day, they act out towards us. And it's just their way of saying, this is how I'm feeling on the inside. I literally... It's just taken everything I could do to hold it together all day. I cannot answer one question. I just need quiet. I can't have anything being asked of me in this moment. They just need some space. So when we see their perspective and we remember, you know, there's a reason why most people don't have fond memories of middle school. It's a very difficult time in human development. It's a very difficult time. You're going from childhood to adulthood. There's so many changes. And who knows? Like if you're seeing that mom who had mastered it in the in the carpool pickup, she would she would think, oh, who knows what the lunch table was like, what the lunch line was like. Maybe my kid had their tray of food and they looked over at the table they normally sit at and there wasn't a seat for them. And all of a sudden they felt like the spotlight was on them and they looked like the loser in the lunchroom with nowhere to sit. You know, they, I mean, we have to go back to that time in our lives and remember what it is like, what we have no idea, like what they endured in their day. Maybe they thought they did great on a test and they didn't do great on a test and they were really disappointed. Maybe they had a friend hurt their feelings. Maybe there was a teacher who was being human, who was in a bad mood, who wasn't her kindest, best self. And they took that very personally. You know, who knows what's going on? But when people are in a bad mood, it, it literally is that something went on that we can't even know about. So what does she do? She takes the behavior impersonally. She realizes that this bad mood has nothing to do with her. She follows her kids' cues in that moment. Does that mean she's not going to ever talk about the behavior and, and respect and all that stuff. No, she is going to talk about it when they're in a better uh, brain state and they can actually hear her and learn from her. But right now at this moment, it, her lecture will fall on deaf ears and it will actually damage her relationship. So 
She takes the cue. She sees her kid's bad mood. And what does she do? She turns the radio on. She enjoys some comfortable silence. She doesn't accidentally exacerbate the situation, right? She just is like, okay, got it. Not in a good mood. All right. Turns on the radio, looks out the window. Uh, and what does she do then later, right? Later, She's going to, you know, she's now just kind of allowed that to happen. And if she wants to talk about and try and get her kid to open up, if they haven't opened up on their own, she can go to their room later and she can say, hey, I was noticing today that when you got into the car that something must have gone on during your day because it seemed like your mood wasn't great. It seemed like there was something bothering you. Um, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm here. You can talk to me about anything. If there's anything that you want you need help on or you want to talk to me about, like, I just wanted you to know I'm here for you. So she sees the perspective and she understands it. And then she conveys in step one, seeing their perspective, she conveys, Hey, I see your perspective. I, I get you. Step two is where we're going to do the active listening piece. And I call this actively listen and stop fixing. So in step two, you just are going to effectively hold space. So when she turns on the radio in the car and just allows some comfortable silence and doesn't try and fill the silence with conversation or trying to get what happened out of them or any questions, that's effectively holding space. And what usually happens is once your kid has some time just to kind of chill, eventually they're, and they don't feel like there's anything expected. They are, they're going to be like, Oh my God, today, you'll never believe what so-and-so did. It's like all of a sudden you start finding out about their day. Now let's say, but let me just say this. You're not in this, in step two, actively listen and stop fixing. You're not happying them up. You're not trying to fix their upset. You're not doing anything other than just allowing them to come to you and to tell you about their day. And when they do, you just are, you're like that good friend, you know, after you've had like a hard day and you, or you had a fight with your spouse and you call that friend, the one who will sit in the mud with you and is like, Oh, I've totally been there. I get it. You know, I don't really know what to say, but I have totally been there. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're just like that sounding board and you just kind of feel safe and you can just vent. And then you're just like, okay, thank you for listening. Like that's who we want to be. And I'll tell you, this is the hardest part for me because as y'all have heard in some of my other podcast episodes, I always, you know, I had this underlying, um, you know, subconscious thing that I wanted my kids to be the happiest kids ever. And then when I had this strong-willed child who was just kind of in an irritable, irritable mood a lot of the time, I was like, you know, trying to fix and trying to solve and trying to jump in. And, um, and it was, he was like, stop, you know, it's annoying me. Uh, because that's the thing is that when we actively listen, it is such a powerful form of empathy and we don't attempt to give solutions, but we just hold that space. Like that really helps people to feel seen and important and like they matter. Like, wow, this person cares about me enough just to kind of be here with me. Like 
it, it is so powerful. It is so simple and it's so powerful. It's what a lot of therapists do. It's why a lot of people get addicted to therapy. Um, but we're not going to handle this stage like a therapist. We're not going to ask, how does that make you feel? We're not going to, you know, our kids are, especially if by the time they're teenagers, they're going to be like, why are you acting like that? You're being so weird. Like that's going to cause them to shut down because it's going to feel inauthentic. So we just want to, you know, tone facial expressions. I get it. I'm here with you. And in step three, okay, step three, I call words of wisdom. This is the part where if you have accomplished seeing their perspective and conveying it, actively listen without fixing, okay, actively listen and stop fixing, you now have gotten to a place with your child where they really trust you. They really feel seen. They really feel valued. And they're now in a part of their brain because the empathy, that's the magic of empathy. It puts them into that thinking brilliant part of their brain where they're actually receptive to learning from your words of wisdom at this point. So at this point, that's when you can say like, you know, I've totally been where you are. You know what worked for me? If they shut down and they're like, yeah, that'll never work. No, uh-uh. If they shut down, it just means you need to do more of the seeing their perspective and actively listen, and there's more to do on that front. When you share the words of wisdom and you problem solve from that place, like how does that feel for you? Or would, I don't know, would that work for you? Does that seem like something you would say? Like my youngest son, a lot of times he will say, because he's he's not as kind of forthright as I am, he'll be like, yeah, I'd never say it like that. And I'm like, well, how would you say it? He's like, I don't know. Um, I'm like, well, if you did know what, how would you say it? You know, so I'll prompt him to kind of talk. And what we do is, is we'll, we'll kind of problem solve together. And I'll be like, oh, that is a better way. Okay. You're teaching me something here. You know what else might be helpful? And then I'll jump into sharing words of wisdom. When they just are receptive to hearing your words of wisdom, it means like you're golden. You got there and they'll let you know, you just follow their cues what I want to tell you guys is that this conversation sometimes doesn't happen in one sitting. Like I've had these conversations like about one particular issue go over the course of an entire semester. And we, and, and, and it's kind of powerful when that happens because it's like, you're just, you really get to teach your words of wisdom because it's just this kind of ongoing conversation and you end up feeling so connected and your kids learn so much. Like I just had a situation like this with my daughter at the beginning, the first semester of this year. And now she's like, oh my God, she's using the productive conversation with her friends and in her relationships. And she sent me a text the other day. She was like, productive conversations are magical. Holy cow. So this is it. Okay. See their perspective and approach the conversation from their perspective. Actively listen and stop fixing. Duct tape your mouth. Don't offer any new information. And then finally, share your words of wisdom. This is the game changer. And if you go to the show notes, I have a little cheat sheet where I spell it all out for you. So you'll have it, put it on your refrigerator, practice this often. You'll screw it up a lot of the time as I still do. The beautiful thing is, is that when you screw it up and you go back into the different steps and see their perspective and you own like, okay, I totally screwed that up when I said such and such, and you were probably super annoyed with me. And then you see their perspective 
and then you actively listen and get them talking and reflect back and then you are able to share your words of wisdom like it's so valuable because they see you as imperfect and human and it helps them to feel even more connected to you like right like think about the people that you know in your life who always have it all figured out like are those the people that you really want to turn to when you've screwed up or is it the people that are like oh yeah i i make those mistakes all day long so when we model that for our kids like we become those people for them which is a beautiful thing and um it's just good it's just good stuff so i hope that this helps you in your life. I hope it helps improve the conversations first and foremost in your home. And, um, and you're going to change what, what you didn't like so much from growing up. You're improving upon those patterns. We're replacing old patterns. And we're allowing the conversations in our home to be effective, connecting, and ultimately productive. Isn't that what we all want? So have a great rest of your day. And until next time, bye. At Mastermind Parenting, we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. And if this sounds like something you want to learn more about, then I have a gift for you. You can grab a copy of my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. It's my signature recipe for raising confident and kind kids, even if you have a strong-willed one. So go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to get your free copy mailed directly to your doorstep.